Hey, this is Tommy Wiseau, and you're listening to CineSnap broadcast and podcast and whatever you call it. Hopefully, you enjoy it. Again, this is Tommy Wiseau. Give support these guys. They need you. They are good people. Bye. This is the CineSnap Podcast. Welcome to episode 117 of the CineSnap Podcast. I'm Jared Kingery. And I'm Cody Viafania. And uh, I don't think it's any secret that it's been an awful long time. Yeah, yeah, it has been a while. <laughs> it's always fun to look back at uh, how much time we took off, and then see like see the last films we reviewed, and and then compare that to how long they've been out on like DVD and Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> yes, like I believe our last podcast was uh, "A Star Is Born in Venom," and I think Venom came out on DVD before Christmas. It uh yeah it might have I, at uh, least at the very least either that or the first week of January but I do think it was before Christmas <laughs> but like but like it so we haven't done an episode since October and then prior to that we hadn't done one since May so was it uh, really that big of a, oh man yeah yeah we uh as they say dropped the ball yeah we're we're working on a, a trying to revamp this thing a little bit and you know who knows how that'll go but. We're here, and uh, it's it's the first kind of big weekend of the new year when it comes to new movies. Because in the past few weeks, it's been the the garbage that they sort of toss off, um, like uh, uh, the upside, and then uh, the fest, like the Oscar bait stuff, starts rolling out at a at a different pace across the country. Uh, many of which we've seen already, but we we didn't talk about them so. <laughs> No, no, we basically skipped Oscar <laughs> Oscar movies altogether. I think we did that last year too. Uh, maybe. I wonder if we if we didn't even do a top 10 episode this year. No, we didn't. Oh uh, well. And we did we did last year, but uh yeah. Oh well. <laughs> I we're think just, we're just going to pretend like last year didn't happen and start over. It's it's time to move on to uh we're we're in 2019. It's uh year number uh year number like calendar year number five for the Cinestop podcast. I think we started in 2014. So yeah, that that sounds about right. That's kind of crazy that it's uh, year five and uh, we're only 117 episodes into this. <laughs> hey, you know what? When it makes each each episode special when we when we come back after after not doing a show for for months at a time. Yeah, people have their feeds and they get a little notification that has, says we have a new episode and we probably brighten someone's next six months. Yeah. Because, you know, they won't be hearing from us again. It's <laughs> uh, like, yeah, we just pop in every so often. We're like your we're like your aunt that lives in, like, Wisconsin. I feel like it's like one of those special moons. Like, tonight is the super blood wolf moon or whatever, whatever <laughs> it's called. It's, we're like one of those. It's like, hey, go outside and look because you're never going to you're not going to see this again for a while. And I think that's a that's a good descriptor for the podcast at this point. Well, for now, we'll see. Now, we, for, we'll see if we can. Fix I mean, this. I said at this point. I mean, going yeah. forward, who knows? Um, you know, <laughs> our track record's not great, but we have to earn back the trust of our listeners. We're sorry, listeners. All, All three of you. <laughs> I think we look at the stats, and I think there's always like a hundred downloads the first day. So. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have put that detail out there, but yeah, yeah. You know. Well, I mean, you really brought home the point. It's gangbusters. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, uh, yeah. So we're we're here. We're gonna try to be here more often. 
Uh, we'll see how that goes. I, I'm sure we've said that every single time before a massive, massive... Oh, for sure. <laughs> I'd be like, we'll see you next week, and then... Hey, going, guys, I... big plans. <laughs> we're going to review all the movies. Uh, so, uh, speaking of reviewing movies, you want to head and you want to go ahead and get this show on the road? Let's do it. Here are this week's reviews. First up this week, we've got Glass. Listen to me, Joseph. Your father is making great progress. I'm very hopeful for him. Did you know the first Superman couldn't even fly? And Metropolis is actually New York City. And what about all the coincidences in what I was reading? Comic books are an obsession. Have you ever been to a comic book convention? They sell teen TV shows there. They are selling things. Your friends and family members have lost their perspective. Your dad is trying to fight her abductor. Your son is trying to best his dad. He's the anarchist, he's the brains, he's the reluctant hero. This all sounds very familiar, doesn't it? Comic books are not valid history. So this, obviously, uh, if you've been living under a rock the last couple years, this is the third part of a trilogy that started 19 years ago with Unbreakable from M. Night Shyamalan and uh, surprise, uh, had a surprise comeback two years ago as a in credits tag in the M Night Shyamalan movie Split that starred James McAvoy, so it set up this sort of extended universe of sort of real life superheroes, mm-hmm. uh, with uh, featuring Bruce Willis, uh, Samuel L. Jackson, and now James McAvoy. I know I wasn't crazy about Split, and I don't, I don't believe you were either. No, I wasn't. And you were a wee lad when Unbreakable came out, but yeah. I. I can recall being okay with Unbreakable. I don't really remember it. So going into Glass, I I didn't have high expectations. But let's let's just talk about it. What did you think of Glass? Well, you know, I think I think any discussion of Glass starts with again Unbreakable and Split. Um, I, I I did not care for Split at all, and it's one of those things where it feels like Shyamalan maybe like retrofitted. Um, parts of split to fit into the unbreakable universe because it's literally not until the last what like 10 minutes of the movie that it even becomes related to it in any sort of significant way well there's um, a, it doesn't like officially become related to it until i mean well, like until the, the last end minute yeah yeah but but it does but i mean that the idea that this that this person behind everything is a, like a superhero and not a crazy person is not is like only when the beast comes out at the very very end of of glass if I, or of split if I remember correctly. Oh yeah, when it becomes obvious that he's some sort of uh, like superhuman yeah yeah creature yeah. yes yes. And it, as far as Unbreakable goes, I mean it's just been too it's been so long since I've seen it, so I can't I can't really comment on it too much. Um, but, um, but this is kind of bringing, this is like, kind of like the culmination of everything, um, that, that Shyamalan has probably been working on, uh, in terms of his comeback, uh, so to speak from, from sort of cinematic exile, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, for a while there, he was making really awful, uh, decisions in movies. And then he's, you know, famously, if you've been reading stories about him, he's been f- like self-financing, um, every movie that's, that's come out, uh, within the past five or six years, and so that's how he like he's literally been funding his own comeback, and um, you know I, I think that um, 
the uh, I, maybe I'm just the wrong audience, but I, I just don't think these movies are for me. Um, I, I think that the way that Glass sort of carries itself is with a really heightened sense of self-importance um, to the point where I, I, I think that it thinks it's smarter than it than it is, and I think that it's really on the nose. I mean, it's basically a movie where the like the the whole idea of the movie is some guy giving exposition to superhero tropes as they take place in front of him uh mm-hmm. and it's just kind of it just seems lazy and uninteresting and and i think the the biggest sin that this movie commits is just being boring um i think that it 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 just carries on way too long um i think i actually think that the first little bit of the movie when when we start to get to know the reintroduce some of the characters it's not terrible but then like once sarah paulson is really uh introduced i think the movie sort of starts to lose any sense of direction um i felt bad for sarah paulson because she's such a great actress but her character is just so poorly written and the first hour and a half of the movie she's basically saying the same lines of dialogue in different ways like like there's only so many times that she can say she's dedicated her life to studying people who think that they're superheroes and whatever um I, i i think that the decision to also bring back some some side characters um, from the previous movies, like um, like the three that get together, um, f- like uh, like Bruce Willis's son, and then uh, uh, whatever her her it, Anya Taylor Joy or yeah yeah the the one that escaped in Split yeah I I I, I don't I don't really see the point in spending so much time with those characters, and I don't know why they they brought them all together um, for a side plot. I, I I it just kind of it doesn't it just doesn't check out considering everything that's happening in the movie and uh and and how you know those those three characters are you know essentially pitted against each other but the people that are close to them aren't or they don't see things like i just just it's just such little of this movie makes makes sense it's just a mess you know i i'm i'm i was more on board with it than you were uh at least going by what you're saying now uh i i liked i did like the beginning uh i thought the first like 20 minutes of it are really solid when you when they kind of check back in on on uh, Bruce Willis's character, who is going by uh, the overseer, or is is called the overseer, mm-hmm. uh, and you know he's basically hunting James McAvoy's character, and then they they get captured by Rachel Paulson. I mean, uh, sorry, Sarah pa- Sarah Paulson's character, and then like you said, it just kind of stalls out in the mental facility that they're all locked up in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't think it, it loses all of its momentum there. I think it's all right. I think, um, you know, I don't think we're surprising anyone to say that there's a twist in this story. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that uh, some of the stuff that, that they have uh, uh, Sarah Paulson's character do, which I can't remember her name. That's how much of a mark that that character made is is a little disingenuous because her whole plot seems to be trying to convince these people that they aren't heroes. They aren't superheroes. They aren't supervillains or whatever. But meanwhile, we've all seen it happen. Mm-hmm. So it's a little hard to, to buy into that and to, for these characters to have bought into it, especially someone like Bruce Willis's character, who's obviously been, <laughs> been a practicing vigilante for the better part of 20 years. Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden he's getting locked up and told that he's hallucinating and all this other crap. 
my real problem comes at the end and and it's something I'd like to touch on a little a little bit more uh it turns into a bit of a um like annoying trope machine yeah uh uh the 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 actress that plays Samuel L Jackson's mother who I believe is younger than Samuel L Jackson um <laughs> is uh is saddled with some really terrible dialogue yeah um uh, and and I think one of the major problems with this and this is this is the bigger thing that 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 I thought of while watching while watching this is Unbreakable was born in the an era where there weren't superhero movies every year there weren't three giant superhero movies every summer or whatever and we weren't used to this cinematic universe so this movie's later like now it's like uh glass was explaining this stuff like had a trope of like here you know here's here's what happens in a comic book blah 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 but now we all know that and then this movie is still doing it and uh i I found that kind of insulting and as an as an audience member like yeah we get it we know we know what's going to happen um, but that the movie felt the need to spell it out for us in such a clumsy way really annoyed me. Uh, overall, though, I didn't think it was terrible. I went into it with with really no expectations, and I didn't think it was as bad as the other reviews that are, that have been out there for a while now have not been kind to this movie. And I do think it was a misstep to 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 throw it all into a a mental hospital that essentially leads up to the big twist at the end, mm-hmm. but. But I don't know. I mean, I think it. I think it redeems itself. Okay, uh, ultimately, I, I'm not. I, I didn't hate it, but I, I don't think it. You know, I, I feel like it's. It's like a a draft like M Night Shyamalan had in 2003 that he wanted to make, and he just never changed it. Yeah, uh, and honestly, I think that. I mean, wasn't this movie written quite a long time ago by by like. Isn't that the lore of how the movie was made? I really mistaken? don't. I really don't know. Honestly, I I, I know that uh, you know th- there was a a, t- a brief period of time where Shyamalan was untouchable because um, I believe he had it was the Sixth Sense and then Unbreakable and then Signs, and then after that I think is when it all fell off the rails with uh, uh, the Village and um, I can't even remember the other one. Oh, uh, Lady in the Water. Lady in the Water, and then he. Uh, he did the the one two terrible tri- uh, pun- one two punch of terrible movies in Avatar and uh, or the Last Airbender and After Earth, but this this I thought was okay. It wasn't like bombastic like some of the other stuff like like Lady in the Water or the uh, the Village where the you know where the whole point is the twist. I think this this redeemed itself from that a little bit more than than some of his previous work has. I still think it's it's super clumsy most of the time. I yeah, think, I think Anya Taylor Joy. I don't know why she's in this movie. Yeah, um, I, 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 my, I, my thing is, I just don't know that the twist is earned. Um, I will give him credit that the whole movie doesn't like rely or count on that twist, and and so it's not like like some of his previous movies where the whole movie is basically building up to a twist. Um, but I do like the the last bit of the the movie was really tough for me, just because, like you said, it it does become a trope machine, but it becomes a trope machine in a way that like the characters are commenting on it being a trope machine while it's happening. So like, it doesn't even allow the audience to make the connection. Like you have Samuel L. Jackson's character, you know, talking like his origin story, 
line or you know the the hero in the like just like so many of those dumb exposition lines of dialogue that just are so like there's just eye rolling uh or eye roll inducing um <laughs> well that, that's what i mean is that we we've 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 been in this comic book movie world long enough that we all know this shit and that's why this sort of setup is insulting to us you know i don't need to be told this i know i mean i knew before everybody else did because i'm I was that kind of nerd when I was in middle school, but everybody knows now. I mean, these are the biggest movies in the world, and you don't need to explain to us the tropes of a comic book movie because we get it. You know, you're yeah. not you're not commenting on it like and and making you know a, a satire out of it like something like Deadpool. You're you're just you're you're treating it like it's it's a realistic movie, and that's what Unbreakable was. Was what if what if they what if someone treated a superhero movie, a comic book movie, with the utmost realism? And then, you know, then we moved on to to having straight up comic book movies. And now we don't need going back to this feels like it's it's not keeping up with the times. Like I said, it feels like it was written in 2003. Yeah. And and I think that was my biggest annoyance. Besides, I just think I just think it's a stupid movie. (laughs) You know, like (laughs) it's just it's just profoundly dumb. And uh, it's it's not without it's it's. it's it's good i mean like it's it's it looks great um it's well shot it's interesting looking um i there's some funny lines i think in there i think mcavoy is is pretty good um i i, I think he's great i just don't like that character i don't either uh, i think it's I, super corny and i don't like it but i, I think he's well, and, really and there is and like there is that one point where like they flash they keep flashing the lights and he keeps on going from person to person and i'm just like okay like we get it and that scene just annoyed <laughs> me too because like the guy who's flashing the light at him can just walk out at any moment but he just is continuing to to, to just flash it 15 times before he decides to exit the room like just go man just like walk out the door <laughs> like it's it, it's just it's just it's just a dumb movie and and i and it's it's ultimately harmless but i think like i said it's dumb and and, and boring i i got really bored about halfway in and it never caught me again and then i think after the end of the climax of the movie it takes like there's an additional like 15 minutes of movie that just <laughs> i don't think it's, it's that long it's, but... a, it's at least 10 minutes yeah it's probably 10 but and it yeah. just keeps it keeps on going with nothing of consequence and i think the ultimate payoff is just kind of dumb so yeah, I I wasn't a I wasn't a fan. But I, it sounds like you were you were a little bit. More I, I was not. I was I was never bored. Um, there was plenty of stuff I don't like. It, I think it's again, it's it's a little out of time. Um, you know, it feels like it doesn't it hasn't kept up with how the world has moved. And you know, every every scene in a comic book shop, I think there's three of them, two or three of them. Yeah, I mean, it's just sort of insulting. Yeah, as a, like. <laughs> uh-huh. Like it's like, look, we we've been in this world, like we the this world won, like the the nerds won. Like you can't pretend like these people are jerk offs or or losers or whatever. Like just stop. But uh, you know, ultimately, I wasn't bored. I, I wasn't a big fan of the climax. Um, you know, it, I, and again, Bruce Willis was asleep. I assume. For most of this, like, like it's uh-huh. just—it's just not a. I, he just doesn't. Um, he doesn't, <laughs> doesn't add really anything. Do any, he doesn't yeah. really do anything. Like I mean, I, I get that he was kind of a stoic guy in the first film in Unbreakable, but this one he's just cashing a paycheck. And and really, I—it's for a movie called Glass. It sure takes a hell of a long time 
for uh, Mr. Glass, the Mr. Glass character to actually do anything. Mm-hmm. Well, the movie, th- this movie is just way too long. I mean, yeah, it's it's right under or just over two hours. I it's, think. Yeah, two hours and nine minutes. It's yeah. it, that's and it's excruciatingly long. I mean, you could shave at least twenty minutes off of that, if not more, if not thirty, um, and and have a sim, a, you know, a similar movie. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, and and the big twist. It's not really. It, it, I don't think it's one of those uh, like you're all going to be talking about it. M. Night Shyamalan ones. It's just sort of a like I don't know. I, I don't know what you would call it. I, I don't know what you would call it a, that you'd call it a twist, but just sort of a another plot detail that I didn't think really uh, added anything to the movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Personally, I, I think it just sort of made the ending a bit of a cop out. For sure. Yeah. Anyway, what's your grade for for uh, Glass? I'm going to give it a C. I'm I'm going to go with a B minus. I don't think it's terrible. I think it's a good enough time at the movies that you'll be okay with it. All right, let's go ahead and move on to our next movie, Fire. All these models, like, in the Bahamas. The most insane festival the world has ever seen. Island getaway turned disaster. It became very barbaric. Right now, we are the fucking laughing stock of everything. Just wait until you see what you're getting yourselves into. American rapper Ja Rule is in the Bahamas with his business partner. Billy McFarlane is an amazing entrepreneur. He can convince anyone of pretty much anything. They just bought an island. Pablo Escobar's island. Oh, my God. We're going to throw a festival, yeah. All right, so this is one of two movies uh, that premiered on streaming services about the uh, ill-fated fire festival. Uh, uh, it was a music festival for basically wealthy people that was uh, co-sponsored by Ja Rule. Uh, if you remember this story from, I believe it was 2017. Yeah, I think that is. Yeah, and uh, right. you know, it, was a, it turned out to be a major disaster. It was like uh, uh, it was on a private island in supposed to be on a private island in the Caribbean, and it turned into like a refugee situation. Anyway, so uh, we both watched this on Netflix. And you can go watch it right now if you want to. If you want to listen to this first, we'd love that. But what did you think of Fire? Yeah, so I, I, I actually really like this documentary. Um, so this is one of two documentaries that came out this week on the Fire Festival. One is on Hulu, which I have not seen yet because I don't have Hulu. Uh, really? But, you don't yeah. have Hulu? I don't have Hulu. I don't oh, like man. I don't like the service, but. Uh, uh yeah but yeah so so yeah so basically like you said it was an ill-fated um music festival that um that uh that you know was was supposed to be on a, a private island formerly owned by Pablo Escobar um was supposed to have supermodels and cabanas and all this stuff and uh and then it turned out to be a massive sham and uh and I don't know if you were following when this actually happened yes. but um the ensuing social media uh, firestorm that came after it of people just making fun of rich kids uh, was was delightful. <laughs> well, <laughs> when I it mean, happened. let's not uh, mince words here. This was this was like all those things you listed. Like it was on Pablo Escobar's island. Like that's just douche fuel right there. It was just yeah. these are massive douchebags. Everybody thought that we're heading to this thing and that they got what they deserved. <laughs> Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and uh, I I think that um you know it, it was it was funny in the moment because there were a lot of you know memes that came after it that that were that were great, but um you know what this really uh what this really what this documentary really does it's got great footage of everything that 
that built up to the festival because um you know i think you know there's there's footage of i, I guess whoever was filming for the festival itself it's, a, it's an unreal amount of footage i'm yes i'm startled by the amount of footage that there is well and great footage too you know like like there like there's there is footage on every step of the sort of collapse of the whole thing um and behind the scenes stuff and i and i think that there's a couple things that are really fascinating to watch here one is that there's great interviews with people who were involved in every step of it so you have interviews with some of the promoters that worked with them um the social media companies that helped out um um and uh and i think that um uh the 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 the, the talking head footage is really great um i also think that it does a really great job of um, of sort of balancing that footage um, with, the, with the talking heads with seeing everything that happens on the island when it happens. I do think that if I could nitpick about one thing, I, I do wish that they spent a little bit more time about uh, or on uh, what happens when everyone arrived at the island and some of like the ensuing uh, internet kind of stuff that happened they, they they spend time with it but 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 not a ton but there's some pretty shocking interview stuff there's one in per, there's one scene in particular i think you know what i'm talking about um where someone who is with billy's uh the promoter uh and creator with billy's team is asked to um is asked to do a favor on behalf of the oh, festival yeah 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 and you're just and i just i was watching that scene like almost like like jaw open like jesus christ man like it's a it's a crazy story um and um and uh and and i just was fascinated by every step of it and i think it's really well made the, the guy who made it is, is a great documentary filmmaker he made the uh the uh the man on the moon jim carrey andy kaufman documentary but what people may not know is that this guy um actually directed american movie um which is an all-time great documentary. Oh yes. Um, but anyway, um, to to sort of um, to sort of kind of wrap this up in a bow, uh, I, I think it's it's a really well-made documentary. It's it's a fascinating, really really great story. It's insane. You know, all of the information in it is just it just gets crazier and crazier. And I love the juxtaposition to see the remorse and regret of the people who in, who uh, were involved in it kind of juxtaposed with the end of the movie where you see the behaviors and attitudes of the guy who frauded everyone. Um, I, I just found that fascinating. You know, I think one of the most interesting points that uh, the movie made with the people that they're interviewing after the fact, one of them, I, I believe it's uh, um, the guy you were describing in the story earlier that was going to go do something uh, un across the island to uh, help the festival go on. I believe he's talking about Woodstock, the the first Woodstock, and how no one talks about all the terrible shit that happened there. They just talk about it as this legendary experience. They don't talk about the people that died, that got over that uh, overdosed on drugs, all the mudslides, all the mm-hmm. cars that were stuck on the roads for for days at a time. They just talk about the 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 amazingness of being there. And that's what they're all hoping that this event turns out to be because it's a shit show yeah. going into it. And they're hoping that this thing is going to be legendary despite the fact that it becomes a shit show. Uh, but then it all really falls apart. And uh, uh, like you said, the, the the internet takes a special sort of glee in it um, call, you know, about all the people being douchebags and Whenever there's a tweet that says something like when a rich kid gets scammed out of concert money, an angel gets its wings or, yeah, 
It's it's just a, a, a gleeful takedown of this thing. And since I watched that happen in real time, there's there's a, a part of this documentary that doesn't makes me feel like I don't really it doesn't really offer me anything new. Like I get that this guy, uh this Billy McFarland, uh was a the guy behind it. One of the things I didn't know, uh go, going off on a tangent, that Jaw Rule was so involved. Yeah. I thought that he was just sort of a name that was backing it, but you see like Jaw Rule planning, which is a weird it's a weird sight. You see him like planning a festival, like pointing to a map like it's a pirate attack or something. <laughs> anyway anyway, uh I, I didn't I don't think it really offered me anything I didn't quite know or that I couldn't quite fill in the blanks on. Um you know, it it's it's a it's an interesting documentary for sure, but I think if you followed the story close enough, which I did. Uh, you know, it's part of my job being in news, but you know, uh, most people aren't me. So, uh, uh, from my most? point of view, most people aren't. It's oh, okay, tr- it's true. Most so, people- so it's not all people aren't you. No, 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 most people aren't me. Uh, there may be some me's out there. Okay. Um, you know, so for for my time watching it on Netflix, I was like, oh, you know, it's just fine. But I kind of figured this all out anyway. Not that I'm, you know, not trying to to pretend i outsmarted the filmmakers it's just something that i filled in the blanks on my own when the story was happening um but you know it's well done and again it's an it's an amazing 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 amount of footage even when shit's melting down they're filming i don't even know like there's a there's a a, like a post uh, like a post-mortem after the festival got basically canceled there's a post-mortem like skype call that someone recorded that's uh oh like a yeah, Skype yeah. Yeah, like, yeah i was like wow that was really awesome foresight on whosoever part that was because it was like <laughs> like this is like where they they basically like are like well we yeah, fucked up yeah it's an internal team meeting yeah and, and and that somebody recorded that is is pretty fascinating uh but you know it, it's it's fine I, I again i haven't seen the the hulu one either i don't know what the difference is, if there's a different perspective or, or what. But as far as this one goes, it, it's good, but it, it, it feels like it's nothing I didn't know already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I see, I, I most of what I found out about it was new revelations for me. So, uh, so I have a slightly different perspective. Yeah. Well, okay, what's your grade for Fire? I give Fire a solid B. Solid B. I think I'll give it a B, too. I, I think it's very well done, and it's it's worth your time on Netflix, but, you know. If you if you read about it when it happened, I think you're you're not going to learn much. Yeah, I, I think you just may see the lengths to which it was happened, and, and to see like the the response from the people responsible for it, um, letting them speak for themselves and tell us their side of the story, or in some case, letting the footage speak for itself. It it is kind of funny though that that all those people they interviewed, nobody really seems to have soured on it completely until it totally blew up in everybody's face yeah everyone everyone who they were they were working around the clock to try to make it work and given the you know it it was amazing how long it took them to realize (laughs) that (laughs) that it wasn't going to happen okay that's going to do it for this week if you want to reach us you can email us at podcast at cinesnob.net you can call us at 920-FILM-210 that's 920-3456-210 you can find us on Facebook at Cinesnob Critic, on Twitter at Cinesnob. Coming up very soon, hopefully, we're uh, going to be talking to our old pal Greg Sestero. I'm very excited. It's always good to have Greg on. Yeah, uh, we're uh, we're going to be talking to him uh, on the occasion of the Blu-ray release of Best Friends Volume One and Two. 
which uh, I, I've seen both of a couple of times already. Um, I don't know if you've, you've had a chance to, to sit down and watch part two, because I know you haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, not quite. That's on the, that's on the docket for tonight. Well, uh, enjoy it, because part two I like. Uh, that's, that's my favorite of the two. So mm-hmm. um, it's, it's, a, it's a crazy movie. And uh, Uncle Rick is a great character. So uh, we'll hope to be talking to Greg uh, in the next couple days. And you can listen for that bonus episode soon. Uh, anything else you want to add before we go, Cody? Uh, no, I think that's it. It's good to be back. Yeah, and it's a short show, so, you know, maybe we'll have enough energy to to do it again. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Okay, you're right. <laughs> All right, on that note, my, I'm Jared Kingery. And I'm Cody Viafania. Thank you for listening to the Cine Snob Podcast. To read reviews, interviews, and more, visit CineSnob.net. See you next week.